Welcome in the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbe. Herbe Herbog. Um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Trey, Stinky Fingers Jose. Uh um, ah, shut the fuck up. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the Fathers Podcast. Uh, appreciate y'all tuning in. We are doing week 10 waiver wires. Today we're doing week 10 waiver wires. Nothing no one has nothing to say, so I'm gonna keep keep it moving. You didn't give us a chance. You like <laughs> raised your hand to stop us and then just went. All right, what else? Well, I'm just going to say this. <laughs> okay, I knew it. There's something else. And you guys, oh, you guys aren't going to say anything. Okay, because if I have a hand up to stop you from talking, and then I'll just say this. The Raiders are back. Josh Jacobs <laughs> is back. <laughs> Aiden O'Connell. We might talk about him today. Maybe not. Probably not, but we we'll might. see. We might talk about him today, tomorrow, and maybe for the next 10 years in this, Raider, this newfound Raiders dynasty. Don't get my fucking hopes up. But Josh Jacobs is back, and so is Daniel Carlson, one of the best kickers in the league. Yeah. So if you're still playing in leagues with kickers, there you go. DC is back, dude. We're not talking. We're not talking superheroes here. All right. We're not talking Derek Carr, unfortunately, but he's still there, doing stuff. Uh, if you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in. Um. You can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers or Instagram. Would very much so appreciate the uh, the likeage and the followage. Our Instagram's fire. Oh, fire! Check dude. it out. It's, it's pretty. It's better than it should be. Honestly, <laughs> that's because because we're not the ones controlling. <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, so that's why. Yeah, yeah, so we are not the ones doing it. Yeah, we're getting some free labor out of the United States military. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Shout out to that girl. So hit us up uh, if you're trying to find a loophole, you know, in social media. Management. <laughs> Apparently it's military women. Just, you just got to get a government contract and uh, and you're good to go. All right. Well, um, waiver wires, we're going to be talking about waiver wire ads for week 10 and discussing all of the recent news throughout the NFL, which there's a decent amount. Some things happening. Uh, so let's do that. Unless, Tyler, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I think you guys have covered it all. <laughs> well, news-wise, right, uh, we got uh, Kyler Murray coming back. Okay. And what was – oh, and um, Daniel Jones, if you're still using him as a quarterback, he's done for the year. He is. Yeah. He's toasted. Let's start, uh, I guess, with Kyler Murray. We've been talking about it for the last few weeks. He is uh, kind of making, obviously, has been making progress to return. We talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago. We thought that he would be held out for those two tough games uh, where they played some pretty good defenses and would be brought back in Week 10 against the Falcons. And... That's what's happening. So, I mean, at this point, Kyler Murray has been picked up uh, across probably all leagues. Uh, but if you have him and you did listen to our show weeks ago 
and picked up Kyler Murray for free. Uh, are you playing him in his first game back against the Falcons? I mean, I guess it kind of depends on your quarterback situation. Um, but there are, because we're going to jump to wires, so might as well just throw that here now. Uh, we have some heavy hitters on by this week. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, the LA Rams, uh, Miami Dolphins, and Philadelphia Eagles. So you're talking about three, if not four, starting quarterbacks if um, Stafford was going to play, so it's hard to say that way. But you're talking about three of the top ten quarterbacks in the league, so you're like, quarterback, you know, throwing him into your lineup this week, even as a as a streamer, I mean, Kyler Murray is not considered a streamer. He's, you know, a bona fide star in the league. And even if he's half of what he is, or 60 or 70%, he's been better than most of the guys you can pick up off the waiver. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that 100%. So, I'm sure there's some teams out there that have been holding on to him, and maybe you're in a little bit of desperation mode where you got to win now. Um, probably your best bet. <laughs> I mean, with what else is out there and a, a, that you're able to pick up and play. I mean, Kyler Murray is obviously uh, capable of putting up 20-plus fantasy points week in and week out. So, I mean, yeah, I you know, if I'm on a team that's 500 or – maybe just under and you need an absolute win this week. Uh, I'd be happy shooting for the upside and, and starting them. I mean, you're either doing that or picking up Taylor Heineke off of the waivers. Um, Gardner Minshew. Other than that, it gets pretty deep at that point picking up maybe Aiden O'Connell, which at this point he hasn't showed anything really worthy of putting him on your roster. So, Kyler Murray, if you have him on your roster and you've been holding on to him, why wouldn't you start him? Yeah, I think that's pretty much the sentiment, unless you got a bona fide starter already. But um, real quick here, the Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel, said uh, Devon Achan, Achan, uh, we do this every week. I have to oh, think about well, it. It's been years. a while now, you know, because he's been on IR, so we got to get back to it. Uh, and that's how you say it Devon Achan. Yes. Yeah. Just Our like, podcast should just be called How Do You Pronounce This Guy's Name? <laughs> <laughs> just like Jackie Chan, but with an A in front of it. Um, so, you know, just think of that every time you go to say his name. Word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, real quick, he just looks on track to return in week 11. So, uh, by Miami, as Tyler stated, is on bye this week, so won't be playing. Uh, but week 11, it looks like he is going to be back. So, uh, yay. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's essentially only played three games this year. He's missed the last four, missed week one, only played 10% of snaps in week two, and he's still the running back 16 on the year. He's he's averaging like 30 points a game. It's stupid. He's a dog. I thought maybe it was a Dolphins thing at first. I was like, okay, once he goes down, maybe guys you know that are in the, the same backup role can kind of come in and not reproduce that, but still get like your big yardage gains and have great games. That yeah. hasn't necessarily happened. So obviously he is an outlier in that offense he's when got, he's healthy. He's got speed that that others just don't have. Yeah. Um, elite, elite speed. So he is, you know, I mean, obviously, I think the Dolphins' best running back or at least best playmaker. Um, well, I mean, you got Tyreek there. Well, in the backfield. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But uh, even then, but, like, when you have uh, A-Chan available as well, because Mostert's last three games have not been great. 
And so clearly when you have the combination of the two of them back there and you don't know who you can possibly try to cover, like it opens the game for Mostert as well. So it kind of one of those things where a rising tide raises all ships, right? Yeah. It's like the perfect situation. Uh, but hopefully that remains the same. I mean, Mostert is older. And so the wear and tear obviously is going to, this is a guy that's hasn't been healthy for a full season. I don't think ever. So, you know, the wear and tear is going to take its toll. Uh, but they get Devon back, you know, week 11, that should help. So, um, MRI confirmed that Vikings running back Cam Akers tore left Achilles. He's done for the rest of the season. Uh, Cam Akers tore his right Achilles in 2021. This is the left Achilles. Not looking good for for Cam Akers. This might be the end of his any sort of fantasy relevance, I think, probably ever. Dude, a lot of Achilles injuries in recent times. I don't know if that's like always been common. It's like I was always paying attention to like injuries that much way back in the day, but I feel like I haven't seen that many Achilles injuries in a year. Or really in like the last few years as we have in recent times. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's the fields or what's going on, but um maybe it started with Kobe Bryant. He started that. RIP. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's but Achilles injuries happen more often now. I feel like across all sports, I feel like it's most it's more that people continue to get bigger, stronger, faster, and that tendon isn't necessarily designed to take on that much more force to it. So I think it's just the fact that through evolution and the way athletes are being pushed to always get bigger and better, that it's putting more strain on, on ligaments and tendons in their body, and maybe that's why it's happening. Well, maybe if that Greek dickhead 3,000 years ago didn't dip <laughs> Achilles in the fucking water or whatever. <laughs> he did what? He dipped his heel in the water, and that's the Achilles heel, dude. That's where it comes from. That is it's Greek, a old, that like is Greek mythology. Greek mythology. Achilles! <laughs> 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 the great warrior... Achilles. He fucking got his heel dipped in the water or the river or whatever, and that was his weakness. Was his Achilles heel? I mean, that it's all starting to make sense. Yeah, yeah, it's all starting to make sense. Yeah. So thanks, Greek people. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Thanks, Kobe. (laughs) Different sport, I guess. (laughs) All right, Taylor Heineke. It's going to be the starter for the Falcons in Week Ten. They said they will reevaluate after the buy. You know, maybe they should reevaluate uh their decision to continue being a football team. Paying Arthur Smith to play their backups in front of their starters in games they have to win in a shitty division that they could easily win. Desmond Ritter is not that guy. He's getting more to the point. Neither is Tyler's Algier, but we're playing (laughs) him in front of Bijan Robinson, the best running back prospect since Saquon, and clearly a fucking elite athlete, maybe even better than Sakon. Sounds like a Korean name. Arthur Smith's over here sucking on Tyler's Algier, dude. How do we, Tyler? What do we got to do? We kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Simple solution when it comes to any Tyler. You don't like him, just get rid of him, man. 
No, no, no. I'm not talking about Ology. I'm yeah, talking about watch, Arthur Smith. Watch yourself. Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> talking about <laughs> Arthur Smith here. Okay. You know what we do to Tyler's that we don't like? It's going to be like a Tyler Purge, dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're going for all of them. Tyler Purge 2023. Just getting rid of all of them. Taylor Heineke, we almost got him, and then we realized there's an A in there. We're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you we'll spare him. Just missed the bill. Here, I mean, but. I haven't even been on the Tyler bus this year. I don't think I've started, had my start of the week has ever been a single Tyler yet this year. Yeah. The the Tyler bus is uh, still in the shop for sure. Not much is going on in the Tyler world. The Tyler's all hanging rough. out just on the bench, you know, either fucking up your starters' stats or, you know, just not doing anything. So. Bad year for Tyler's. Yeah. We're going to start adopting Taylor's and Travis's. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to keep up. We're just going to pivot to similar white names. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. Come on, Arthur Smith. Like, Maybe let's play Bajan. All right. I don't care if he's pooping himself or has a tummy ache or whatever. Let's get the guy the ball. He's still number 14 on the year as far as running backs go. Which I is don't care. Show. He could be top five, though. He like, could very be. easily. Uh, in other news, an MRI, <laughs> MRI confirmed that Giants quarterback Daniel Jones torn ACL out for the season. And the Giants and Suck On will continue to <laughs> <laughs> suck on. Keep sucking on, baby. Uh, that's what the Giants are going to do. So don't start your Giants. I mean, you probably have to start Saquon still regardless. I mean, even when the shitty quarterback play, uh, Saquon has still have at least 11 <laughs> points in, every, in the last four games. Um, they're going to turn to, it sounds like, either stick with Tommy DeVito this week or maybe go to Matt Barkley at quarterback. Um, uh, how New York of them. Yeah, we got Tommy DeVito <laughs> back up. That's Danny's boy, right? Probably not. Who's Danny's boy? Danny DeVito. Oh. Bruh. My dis- bad. The disrespect. Come on, man. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Speaking of uh, Dallas Godair. Godert? Do we know what it is it's yet? Te- it's technically Goddard. Does anyone know? It's Goddard, like the dog from Jimmy Neutron. Okay. That'll but, help me remember. Uh, <laughs> Dallas, the dog from Jimmy Neutron, Goddard. Uh, fractured forearm. He's going to be out several weeks, probably about four-ish. That's what they're saying. Thank God there's so many other people in the tight end position we can pivot to that we can trust. Oh, yeah. just <laughs> Endless fantasy Man, options just, there. It's just another one bites the dust. Hey, well, should we just talk about Johnny Smith then right now? Talk about him. Because he's so widely available. And we talked about him weeks ago. And obviously, he had a huge play last week, which, you know, majority of his points came from. But he continues to remain a pretty decent part of this offense. He did get shut up against the Titans with only one target and one catch. But that's the fucking landscape of what's going on. Um, what is his ranking right now? Do you guys know? I, I'm not on the right page. Ranked 10th overall. He had 100 yards and a touchdown last year week off of six targets and five catches did you guys see that play first of all i watched a highlight of it did not see it live i want to see the next gen stats on that because he was fucking cooking for a tight end that might have been like the fastest a tight end has moved all year 
Might have been. Let's go to Amazon Advanced Stats. Uh, no, we don't want Schweitzman around here. Sam Schweitzman needs to go. Uh, I, say, I don't know why you're pointing at me. Should I have the stats? Or? They're, well, they're reporting live, and they said, yes, it is. So uh, good, good pull on that, uh, Trey. Um, yeah, I don't John- have access to next-gen stats, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll be quiet. We're fucking selling a show here. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I totally have access. Let me pull that up. Uh, <laughs> That's what they said. Um, so specifically... He top speed was twenty one point one five miles per hour on a sixty yard touchdown. That's the third fastest speed by a tight end. All right, well, in the NG in the next gen stats era, not just this year. Era, era. Oh, okay, so not the year, not the year. Do we right. got the two who beat him? Um, let me open this up real quick. I just saw that off the headline. And is it Darren Waller and Darren Waller? It does not specifically state who beat him. Probably have to pay for that kind of stuff. We're not doing it. <laughs> you know, Twitter gives you a lot of good information. We're not doing it. But he is the only tight end this year to surpass 20 miles an hour on any given play. I fucking knew it when I seen it. I was like, this guy is cooking. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, John Smith, still a good option at tight end. Very hit or miss, boomer bust guy, but who fucking isn't at tight end? I mean, I I guess he's probably the number one waiver wire ad for tight ends, for sure this week. Not num- number one overall, dude. Tight ends are valuable. What's his roster percentage? Uh, according to Fantasy Pros, twenty seven point seven percent. So, can be picked up, can be played. They do have a bye week in week eleven, but you know, could play him next week. Apparently, he's their starting tight end. So, uh. Falcons don't know what the fuck they're doing. We just got to go with who they're, who they're giving the ball to. Which is John U and Tyler's Algier. So, you know, someone's... They're resting for the playoffs, dude. Someone's all over Arthur They have to make sure Smith. they win the division to make the playoffs. They got to win these fucking games. I know. <laughs> my, my sarcasm isn't very strong. <laughs> it's I'm monotone. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm out of inflect things. Yeah, so, you know, the Falcons saga continues. All right, so, Bajan, I don't know. No one knows. I mean, are they going to give him the ball? I would imagine the, hopefully, the outside pressure is getting to the point where Arthur Smith may start to cave in a little bit and just keep giving Bajan the ball and not try to preserve him for the next head coach because he's definitely going to get fired. If they can't win this division with where it stands right now. Um, so I don't know. If I'm Arthur Smith, I, I'm I'm giving the ball to Bijan. You know, the Kyle Pitts thing is one thing but because you don't have a quarterback, but there's really no excuse to not not utilize Bijan Robinson to the fullest extent. Absolutely, especially when you look at the rest of their schedule. Uh, over the next eight games, half of them are against really weak running teams, uh, Arizona, Carolina, Indianapolis, Chicago. Like, you have to utilize them in these games. Oh, don't get the people's hopes up. I'm just saying you have to. I'm not saying it's going to happen because who knows what the hell Arthur Smith is thinking. But, like, uh, when you look at that, you these are teams you should be able to run on. And if that's the case, you need to give Bajon the damn ball. With a name like Arthur Smith, you'd think he would play the, play the game like it used to be played because that <laughs> name is so fucking old. 
Figured he'd run the you know running back thirty times a game and just ride him into the ground like know. the '60s. But he did shave it off his mustache today. Maybe that was weighing down the brain for him. So maybe he will be smarter now. Having a mustache is distracting. Uh, it takes time and effort. <laughs> you got to groom that shit. Yeah, could cause you to not give your best player the ball. Uh, majority of the time. We'll see. Let's keep track of you know, non-mustache Arthur Smith and how much the offense changes. Better do something. Otherwise, he will not be the head coach any longer, uh, I would imagine, because that's what I would do if I owned the team. Um, all right. Let's move on, though. Uh, we could talk about Bajan all day in Tyler's Algiers all day long. But let's talk about Tank Dell. Uh Rostered in 51.8% of leagues, according to Fantasy Pros. If he's not rostered in your league, he should be. Um, probably is if you're in more competitive leagues, but if not, he should be. Uh, you know, playing alongside CJ Stroud, who's been absolutely on fire. Tank Dell, a bit of a boom and bust option, but man, when he booms, he could really boom. So, Tank Dell. Definition of boomer bust for sure. Yeah, he, he has uh, wide receiver one, wide receiver six finish, third best to be nineteenth. Other than that, he hasn't finished above forty seventh as far as wide receivers go. Um, I, I'm surprised he's rostered in fifty two percent of leagues with this boomer bust ability. I assume he'd be closer to like thirty or something like that. But he's yeah, definitely one of the the better waiver wire targets in what has been. A very shitty sequence of weeks in waiver wire ads. There hasn't really yeah. been anyone where you can target who's really it, winning you games. Again, he's also a guy you might need this week. You got Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, all on bye week. Yeah, I mean that's a huge. I mean you're talking about six top twenty four guys that are no longer playing this week. Like you might absolutely need him. Yeah, for sure. Um you know, if he's not rostered in your league somehow, he would probably be my number one waiver wire priority. Um, you know, just kind of looking at the list of really available guys. Yeah, I would say he is. Uh, so should be rostered in 100% of leagues. If he's still not rostered, I'd be willing to spend a good amount of fab uh, just for that That volatility that he can give your roster and give you boom weeks with a quarterback who is playing really well in his rookie year. Um, and obviously and, they trust. And honestly, shout out to CJ Stroud. He's the first Ohio State quarterback to show basically anything in the NFL. Um, he's, he looks to be breaking that curse. Yep. Troy priority did that, but that's fine. <laughs> Did he? No, he By didn't. Transitioning to receiver. <laughs> he had a good year, dude. Okay. <laughs> he had a good couple Good of year games. for the Browns. He had a good year. He had like a 1,200-yard year. Yeah. Did he? Receiver? Yeah. I don't know. Terrell Pryor? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm going to have to call bullshit on that. Am I mixing him up with somebody else? Probably. Because he definitely did. It doesn't matter anymore, obviously, but you know now that happened. Are I'm we talking gonna... about Tyrell's prior? <laughs> <laughs> Ty- 
<laughs> Tyler Pryor? <laughs> All right. I remember looking at him after a year, and I was like, okay, this this might be a guy that I really want. Um, Yeah. 140 targets, 77 catches, 1,007 yards, and four touchdowns in 2016. Oh, 1,007 is a far cry from 1,200. It's uh, three yards off. I, I don't know. Just curious. Himself. He's just throwing it to himself, dude. That's how athletic <laughs> he was. Longest rush in Raiders history as a quarterback. Up there with Bo Jackson. Longest runs in Is that like Colt McCoy or something? I wonder who his quarterback was. Uh, anyways, while you look that up, let's move on. Zach Charbonnet, <laughs> the backup running back in Seattle, uh, still only rostered in 37.7% of leagues. It was Josh McCown. Ah, that explains it. And RG3, apparently, but I don't know if he played. Anyways. That explains it. Uh, Zach Charbonnet. Yeah, I mean, this is similar to the, you know, Tajay Spears kind of talk track, right? Like, super talented running back, has someone in front of them. You know, Seattle, if something were to happen to Kenneth Walker, he would be the bona fide, you know, three down back and is talented enough that, and, and they trust him enough to produce in that role. Um, I think they've been trying to get him more involved, right, Tyler? Uh, I mean, as of late, he played more snaps, but I mean, the Baltimore game was awful. Yeah, that's a tough defense. So, um, I mean, neither one played any well, any any good, Charbonnet or Kenneth Walker. Um, so, but, I mean, he does have over fifty percent snap share over the last two weeks. So they are getting him more involved in terms of being on the field. Um, production isn't quite behind. I mean, he had. Five carries two weeks ago against Cleveland, four carries last week against Baltimore, a total of three catches. So it's not like somebody you can throw in your lineup, but as you said, this is a more of a handcuff situation. Well, and I think, you know, those that are, have been holding on to him, they they might drop him this week uh, just because of the two bad weeks in a row. But it, they're playing Cleveland. And Baltimore. Very tough defense. And then Baltimore who's also a very tough defense, two of the best defenses in the league. And so, yeah, people might get frustrated and drop him out of frustration and just trying to clear up another roster spot for someone else because they view Zach Charbonnet as someone they can't play. Uh, but if you have a little wiggle room on your on your bench, I would still either hold on to Zach Charbonnet or pick him up uh, just out of the pure – potential and ceiling that's fair that's fair honestly just as a seahawks fan we have a stretch of games coming up here that are absolutely brutal and so i'm a little worried regardless about whoever's in the backfield um it's not out there but yeah you know you got washington so yeah washington the rams which are whatever but then you get san francisco dallas san francisco again then philadelphia in a four-game stretch yeah that's a. Uh, and then Tennessee, week 16. Who's also a pretty good run defense. I mean, you're talking about a kind of a murderer's row of run defenses here after already just playing Cleveland and Baltimore. So it could be some rough weeks there. Um, you know, hopefully one of them can continue to produce. But just saying in general, the outlook for this backfield for the large part of the rest of the season is going to be tough. Man, I can't find what I was reading earlier. I don't know how I lost it, but Zach Charbonnet is up there. And a lot of good stat categories for running backs. 
and now I'm pulling from memory from the little bit that I had read. But he's up there in like uh, explosive plays, yards after contact, things like that. But you know, obviously he's not getting these carries. And he's in a good spot. I really wish I could find what I was looking at earlier. But basically he was in a lot of really impressive categories, leading the league as far as not leading, but being like the top five with running backs with you know a certain amount of carries as far as being explosive, yards after contact, and getting yards above expected average. I don't know where the hell that went. I feel bad that I don't have those actual stats, but he's up there and all that stuff. And he's a you know he's a perfect stash carry, like you were saying, kind of like Tajay. Um. All right, let's move on. Uh, Demario Douglas, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. This one, he's interesting. I think you know there might be some people reaching for Demario. I, I don't know if I'd be spending any fab on him, uh, but he does have 20 targets over the past three games. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, as we know, is out for the season with that knee injury. Demario is kind of formed into their top outside wide receiver um, until at least until Devonte Parker returns. He's still dealing with a concussion, but, I assume we'll be back soon. Um, until then, Demario is kind of their top wide receiver on the outside, but I don't know. I'm I'm not itching to add Demario to my team. Are you guys? Only in deeper leagues. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting to see they do have a bye week coming up. Um, not this week, but the week after, and so maybe they you know take a step back, reevaluate the offense a bit, and see how they get him more involved. Um, they also did just get back Juju Smith Schuster um, two weeks ago. He's still not getting a ton of snapshots, like thirty four and thirty six percent over the last two games, but he did get seven targets last week. Um, and so that's looks like it's going to be between Douglas and and Smith-Schuster on who's going to be the actual leading guy here, but DeMario has the much higher ceiling than Juju does. I mean, Juju, we all know, has, is just a possession type of guy, where DeMario can absolutely take the top off of a defense. So um, if they can find a way to get him in space with the ball in his hands, or if Mac Jones can throw the ball you know, more than 20 yards down the field, then maybe DeMario's a, a, one of those boomer bust plays similar to Tank Dell, just with a much lower floor, honestly, because he's not as involved in the passing game as Tank is. And he does seem promising, but you know that you know the twenty targets he's had in the last three games, he's caught fourteen of them. Um, rough math, he has one hundred thirty yards on those fourteen catches, and we're talking about an average of like eight yards per catch. So he is explosive, but it's just they're not game planning him correctly or whatever is going on there. But they're also running the ball with him a little bit. You know, he does have three or four carries in the last few games. So they're trying to get the ball in his hands. So that does go to show for something. Yeah, they're just searching for playmakers. Right? And just to like, throw it out there, too, he's also their primary punt returner. So yeah. I mean, this I mean, offense is bad. Like, let's be real. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but if you need a boomer bus play, if he can take one to the house on punt returns, boom, there's your six points. Yeah, I mean, he's Good basically the, the Kendrick Bourne replacement. Who Kendrick Bourne was a boomer best player. Some weeks would get a ton of targets, put up decent fantasy out, uh, you know, outings, but it's a risky play. If you're looking for a consistent Patriot receiver, you're kind of shit out of luck. We haven't had one since the Brady years. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Keaton Mitchell. Got to give uh, my older brother 
<clears throat> some props on this one. Old juice stain, man. The old juice stain was adding Keaton Mitchell weeks ago, and we were all it was like, like week, it was like week three, and we were all like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> we're like, all right, all right, and we, you look into him, and you're like, okay, he's a rookie running back who's on the IR right now. Why are you picking this guy up? Like, he was on nobody's radar, but uh, if... Anyone who is listening who knows Juice, uh, he deep dives to the point where he's probably breaking his neck oh, on the bottom goes, of the pool. He goes deep, man. And he uh, goes Ozark <laughs> submarine deep. You know, I mean, until he implodes. It could. It could. <laughs> sometimes it's to his own detriment because he's pulling people out of out of places that you like are never going to help him. But he hit. He kind of hit. He might have hit a home run with this one. He might have if he held on to him. Uh, actually, we did look at that before the episode started, and he. Picked him up, up, held him for like three or four weeks in every league, <laughs> and then dropped him a week ago. <laughs> so it's classic, classic. But, juice. but man, if it was just one more week, juice, just one more week, you had, you could have had something here. Well, the weird thing about Keaton is he played only eighteen percent of snaps. Um, I think most of his production came in kind of garbage time of that game. Yes, right? it did. Only nine attempts, but put up one hundred and thirty-eight yards. On the ground in a touchdown uh, with a 15-yard average. Finished with just under 20 fantasy points. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens on the day had a huge day running the ball against the Seahawks. They took a knee at the end of the game, and that's the only reason they didn't have 300 yards rushing. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that, Ke- that Keaton Mitchell does bring is a home run hitter in the backfield that's Gus... Edwards and Justice Hill can't provide. Yeah. Um, so it could be one of those things where it's kind of a thunder and lightning thing with Mitchell and Gus Edwards going forward. Clearly, Gus Edwards has a nose for the end zone right now. He's scored five touchdowns the last two weeks. Um, but Keaton Mitchell is a guy that could give you that home run play. Yeah, I mean, Gus Edwards is the guy here, right? Like, he's their number one running back. But I, I, I truly believe I think Mitchell's going to get more involved moving forward. And may overtake Justice Hill as kind of that change of pace back. Well, that's what needs to happen because Justice Hill is still playing you know, in the last four or five weeks playing around 50% of snaps. And last week he was 63% of the snap share for running backs. Uh, Gus Edwards had 18% just like Keaton Mitchell did. Obviously Keaton Mitchell had the best game out of all three of those. Justice Hill still had the most carries out of all three and played the most snaps. That's yep. his biggest hurdle is going to be Justice Hill. Which is kind of crazy. Obviously, you know, I watch every snap of that game, unfortunately. and <laughs> Fortunately. <laughs> and I honestly didn't even realize until, like, towards the end of the game that Justice Hill had even had a carry. I mean, Gus Edwards right. and Keaton Mitchell were much were much better runners. Um, I don't even know why they were giving Justice Hill the ball so many times. It didn't make sense to me. Well, and between all three, they only had two targets. Justice Hill had zero. One for Mitchell and one for Gus Edwards. So, Justin didn't have any targets. I think you mixed that up. Did I mix it yeah, up? Yeah, Justin had Justin had a target, but he dropped it. Oh, but either um, way, my biggest take from that is like they're not throwing to their running backs. No, but it, I mean, and granted, this came back to bite me in the butt a little bit because I had Gus Edwards in my sit the week last week, and I the one of the reasons I mentioned that he wouldn't have a good game is because he has no production in the passing game. Um, now, even then, on the ground, he wasn't great. He only had fifty two yards, but he scored the two touchdowns, which you know will make any fantasy day. So, kind of bit me in the butt that way. But he just doesn't. He's not a threat out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the way I see this moving forward is 
I think it's going to be a lot of Edwards and, and Mitchell on a team that can run the ball pretty well. Um, so I really like Keaton Mitchell. You know, according to Fantasy Pros, he's only rostered in 2.5% of leagues. That's going to jump up probably about 60%. Yeah, you know, in my opinion, he kind of feels like the number one waiver wire ad for this week, you know, because in most competitive leagues, Charbonnet is going to be rostered. Tank Dell is going to be rostered. Um, you know, guys like Ty J Spears, is gonna, they're going to be rostered. Um, so as far as upside goes, you know, I could really see Baltimore moving forward with, with Mitchell and Edwards combination and Justice Hill sprinkled in. Um, maybe this turns into a, a three-headed committee, which is a, a fantasy you know production killer. It's a death but, wish. But if Keaton Mitchell is, you know, the one guy that can really provide that explosive kind of playmaking ability out of the backfield, you know, he's the young buck in the backfield. He's the rookie. He's, you know, if he can provide that value, they're going to continue to give him opportunities. So might be far and few between, but it could be a, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a Devon uh a chan status, but he could be, you know, a, a boomer bust option out of the backfield for the Ravens. And I'll, I'll just say this: if you're going after Keaton Mitchell, this is just going off a sleeper. Keaton Mitchell is far and ahead the largest trending player on the mm. sleeper app right now. For sure, yeah. I don't know where they get these numbers from. Um, obviously, from themselves, but I don't, I'm not sure what it means. But like plus four hundred eighty one thousand two hundred fifty nine. I'm I assume that I means think, like searches. Yeah, I think that's like how many people are searching him up. Yeah, right. Which is more than two times the next player, which would be Josh Dobbs, who killed it for the Vikings. And after that, it's Noah Brown, Tommy DeVito, Tank Dell, um, other guys who are probably rostered in a lot of your leagues. Yeah, Keaton Mitchell uh, is not going under the radar by far. So if you're going for him this week. If there's anyone you're gonna have to expend some fab on and be competitive about, it's gonna be Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, and and that Dobbs, you know, uh, those trending stats for Dobbs, that's largely carried by superflex leagues in sleeper because that's, uh, you know, kind of been the hot, trendy new way to play is is superflex. But uh, well, like Tyler said earlier, it might be bolstered by the fact that we have three top ten quarterbacks too. Yeah, for sure. And and also Jared Goff, who's someone who you might be starting Stafford. occasionally. God damn it, Matt Stafford, <laughs> former Rams quarterback Jared Goff. What you don't former. think Brett Rippin's uh, up no. to snuff? <laughs> no, did you? You I know you watched that Packers game against the Rams <laughs> yeah, last week. Yeah. It, you no. might as well have gone back to Joe Alby Stadium and watched the Indians. Play. Jesus Christ, man, it, that was a tough game to watch. Uh, you know, and and as a Packers shareholder. <laughs> it was tough to decide who was having a worse game, Jordan Love or fucking <laughs> Brett Rippin. <laughs> That's um, bad as a Packers fan, dude. So, you know, yeah, Rippin was not a first For those that are unfamiliar, uh, we live in a place called Spokane, Washington. That's where Brett Rippin is from. Uh, you know, that's where his uncle, who's, you know, a pretty Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning quarterback, Super Mark Bowl Rippin. Winning quarterback Mark Rippin is from and lives currently. So, uh, hey, my cousin used to lay the hat on Brett Rippin, all right? <laughs> Brett Rippin. There's some highlights. Brett Rippin's right. dad is a PE teacher at our old high school. Uh, <laughs> no shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I forget his name. but Something Rippin? 
something ripping uh for sure <laughs> and so anyways <laughs> mr ripping that's the tie-in to to us and ripping but yeah. um in high school i was just ripping bowls dude <laughs> all right there's actually one talking about <laughs> one summer i remember in summer camp football camp brett ripping as a god he must have been a middle schooler at that point or maybe even a little younger was at our summer football camp like throwing footballs because of his dad who was at north central and he at was our high school and he was probably throwing better than every quarterback we had probably yeah <laughs> yeah probably uh so anyways but yeah i you know Somehow he's James who played quarterback. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think I was probably. receiver at that time, but Yeah, you play a little bit of quarterback. Come on now. It was our senior year, yeah. I transitioned to get my uh Jerry Rice on, you know. Yeah. Well, since we were on quarterback, we brought up Josh Dobbs. You might as well bring him up as a waiver wire addition here, right? I mean, the fact that he can go into Minnesota and he wasn't planning on playing at all, but the, you have the injury to the rookie, to the rookie uh, Jaron Hall, and he's forced in there, and on five days of knowing this offense, they're literally writing up plays in the huddle like they're on the playground because he doesn't know the offense well enough, and he still goes out, puts up almost 22 points. Like, yeah. the, Josh Dobbs... One, I he's think he's playing his heart out, dude. He, he, I mean, he's playing so hard his eyebrows fucking fell off last week. <laughs> he's leaving it all on the field. Yes, he's, I'm pretty sure he has all al- of his hair, I including his eyebrows. I, I'm pretty sure he has alopecia. So. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a fucked up joke. Sorry, um, but, hey, but the thing is that, like, you know. at this point, I think Josh Dobbs might be my favorite story of the season. Just because of the eyebrows, or. <laughs> Yes, just the eyebrows. <laughs> no, it's just like I mean, he's been a. Did you guys see the videos of Viking fans shaving their eyebrows off no, I after the game? Yeah. Oh my oh, god, it was trending. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. Um, but I mean, Josh Dobbs on his third team in the last two years. He's been a journeyman his entire life. Like barely made a practice squad until last year when he was in Tennessee, yep. and they had to force him into the into playing because they had nobody else to play. And he won his first game there, goes into Minnesota, wins his first game there. He was adequate as a quarterback in Arizona. Yep. Um, it's it's crazy. And, and fancy-wise, he's the number nine quarterback on the season. Yeah. And, you know, to add to all that, I heard uh, Jada Pinkett-Smith was actually in the stands <laughs> <laughs> wearing his jersey. <laughs> and some fans got confused. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking Damn. Oh, shit. Here comes Will. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she's going to have another situation ship? Uh, oh, man. Damn. It's an entanglement, dude. It's an ent- oh, that's right. It's an entanglement. It's an yeah. entanglement. I don't know, man. Keep his wife's name out your fucking mouth, dude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, shit. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, Josh, Josh, I, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I know. I did not expect it. But with all that being said, jokes aside, Dobbs, especially considering who's on bye week this week, especially in Superflex leagues, Dobbs should be in your starting lineup. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, with that supporting cast, honestly, <laughs> and, and what he did with the I Cardinals, mean, I, it shouldn't, like, your expectations really shouldn't be low with the Vikings. He increased his surrounding, you know, supporting cast. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he, after five days, he did that. 
He did only have 150 yards, but he threw three fucking touchdowns. Well, and with Justin Jefferson coming back, you know, Jada Beacon Smith is going to be at the next game. <laughs> Are we going to see like a Taylor Swift effect? Possibly. He will, plays better as long as Jada's there. Will Smith up in the sniper tower. <laughs> like, it's all coming together for Joshua Dodge. As long as he's, as long as he's not playing his Deadshot character, Josh should be a fine. <laughs> And I think Will Smith's gonna do a jackass character, and like at the locker room, he's gonna have that big ass fucking hair. <laughs> so as you walk through the doorway, you just get fucking bitch slapped like a fucking giant hand. Oh god! <laughs> you want to be like my wife? <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> oh fuck, dude! Uh, We're terrible. We are bad people. What a skit! That's uh, fine. That's that- funny. Um, last thing I want to say about Josh Dobbs also I just want to throw out there like at this point he's earned a job in the NFL oh yeah (laughs) he's earned (laughs) (laughs) like even if he's not a starter for for very long (laughs) he's going to be a backup for the next 10 years yeah he's earning some money for sure this year good for him man if I was a Cardinals fan, I'd be like those South Park characters. Like, oh. they took our dubs. <laughs> <laughs> they took our dubs. They took our dubs. They took our dubs. That's fucking gold. All right. Um, Quentin Johnson, what do you do tonight, Tyler? Not much. He got fucking bodied by Sauce Gardner. He caught a first down. <laughs> whoop de doo Basil. We keep bringing him up every week, man. No, nothing is. It's why yeah. is his name keep coming? <laughs> I don't know who's adding the, him. But the, the headline says Quentin Johnston fails with additional opportunities. He had three. He played. I don't know what his snap percentage was yet, but he had three targets, caught two of them for fourteen yards. I mean, he's rostered in fifty-two percent of leagues on why? sleeper. Why? And hasn't scored more than eight fantasy points all year. Drop his ass. If anyone should be holding him, it's us. We fucking love this dude. The only no. well, the only reason I would say hold on to him is because one, five. so they lost Mike Williams. They put Josh Palmer on IR earlier this week. So Palmer's out for at least the next four games or three games now because they did it before this game. So like Quentin Johnson is going to be on the field a ton. But I mean, he's not showing he can do anything on the field. All his athletic ability means nothing, apparently, because even guys that come in the league that can't run routes but are athletic tend to make plays, and he's not doing that either. DK Metcalf, Metcalf had a like a three-route route tree when he came into the league and was still able to be highly effective as a rookie because he was a monster. And that's what people were comparing Quentin Johnson to, and it's not even close. No. Oh, DK that's, is an outlier. I mean, yeah. that's fair, but at this point, because people were talking, like, putting them in kind of the same realm, like, sure. super athletic. Not as polished. Not as polished, but the difference is, like, at this point, the way Quentin John's playing is disrespectful towards DK, even as a rookie. Yeah, I think, in my opinion, I think DK was a better route runner. Um, you know, maybe not polished, like, you know, scouts would want, but Quentin Johnson, you know, coming into this year... Yes, you know, he's tall as fuck, freak athlete, but there was just a lot of things that were like, hey, you dominated at the college level and at a pretty high level, uh, but it, it was a lot of, okay, you're clearly much taller, much faster, much yeah. more gifted. And two, I brought this up a lot. Guys. I brought this up a lot when we brought when we were talking about our receiver rankings some of the season that his production against really good teams w- diminished right. greatly. 
and were almost non-existent. Which is a huge red flag. Yeah. You know, I mean, go back to the national championship against Georgia, against a defense that was like the closest thing you can get to an NFL caliber defense at the college and level. And he did nothing. And he did nothing. Um, despite many opportunities to do something and didn't. So, uh, you know, that to me is a clear red red flag uh, from the jump. So, The fact he's still so high in all these waiver you know, episodes that we're doing. I think doing. it's just people holding out hope. He's that a big, name, big name. He's already ha- he already has a big name without ever doing anything in the league. But even to like a simpleton, yeah, that probably sounds offensive. <laughs> just, just like the average fantasy player who's like not really paying attention, I'm surprised he's rostered in such a high percentage of leagues. Yeah, he had all this offseason hype, blah, blah, blah. And that's what I was kind of saying before we started going off on this is like, if anyone who should really be high on him, it's people who like really dive way too deep into this shit like us. And we're just holding on to him. I don't know why the average person's holding on to him. He should barely even be on your roster. I'm holding on he, to he, him. He shouldn't be rostered, yeah. Unless you're in the deepest of deep leagues. But even then, I'm like, why? He's not going to do anything this year. And that's what I was going to say. Sure. I'm only holding on to him in deep leagues where like, there's really no one else I can even justify putting him on my team as from the waivers. Just hoping something happens later on in the year, and even then, I mean, what what do we think is going to happen? We've the proof is in the pudding at this point. Unless you're in a dynasty league, why is this guy on your roster? Well, and the big thing with him coming into the season was, well, what if you know Keenan or Mike Williams are going to get hurt, and he's going to get you know a ton of opportunity, and that has happened. (laughs) Mike Williams has been out for weeks for the rest of the year, and it hasn't happened. So. You know, if you're still, for whatever reason, believing in Quentin Johnson this year to be some sort of fantasy relevant asset, it's just not going to happen. And I was one of those guys, and it did happen, and I've already seen enough. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like just seeing the production he had in college against high caliber defenses, that's the reason why I think when I first did my initial rankings, I think I had him at two behind JSN. And the, and the more I dug deep and looked at the stats and the game and tape and everything, I eventually ended up putting him all the way down to four. And like and it was just because, like, against good quality defenders, he do just list diminishes. Up? I do. What, what did I have him at? Um, so Trey had him at two. Oh, Trey, you idiot. And you, had him, you also had him at four. <laughs> I can't win them all, man. <laughs> and you also had him at four. Four. So, yeah, yeah. I was wrong. All right, all right. <laughs> I still I'll admit had, it. I, you know, I had him at four ahead of Jaden Hyatt. Um, who are you missing from this list? I feel like we're missing someone. From well, that. There was JSN, Addison, Zay Flowers, and Quentin Johnson were the consensus top four receivers. There's got to be another. There's another rookie. I'm not. Josh Downs. Thinking of Josh Downs uh, is yeah, playing. Josh starting Downs. to play pretty well. Yeah. I had him at. I had him at five. Um. All right. Let's move on. Um. I just hold on to the Devon. Oh, you're probably we're probably all forgetting Puka. Oh, that's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, but no one had Puka in their top five of any kind of ranking for coming to rookies. They're probably not even top ten, honestly. Yeah, he, he did kind of come out of nowhere. I uh, mean, again, I heard rumblings about him in training camp about like this kid looks really good, but it's one of those things like it's training camp, it's preseason. Let's see see how he goes against number one. If you follow any team, there's gonna be two or three guys that are just like in training. This guy's yeah. looking. Oh, he's taking you know first team reps. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, like, and but then, but I, every year there's at least one guy that does do something like Puka, where he just 
comes out of nowhere. Yeah, surprises and everyone. An, and yeah. it's an absolute monster. It's like my specialty, dude. I, I come out of nowhere all but the honestly, time. But honestly, I... I, I, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I swear this never happens. <laughs> but I'm just traditionally a breakout player. You got your talk track down for after that happens. I swear this never happens. <laughs> never happens. <laughs> oh, man. This is it's, the first time that ever. That word track is perfected. <laughs> it's fine. Um, you know, all the built-up anticipation of tonight. He's just like, you're just so hot. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. I was just hoping to break out and come out of nowhere. And I did. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I accomplished my goals. You know what? I'm living my dream, baby. All right. <laughs> just call me Puka, man. But honestly, Puka was, it's kind of has been buoyed by the fact that Matt Stafford you know, was his quarterback and no And Cooper Cup wasn't playing for Cooper both. Cup. Yeah. Right. It's been so. a it's honestly the lot since Cooper came back, Puka's production has been a little iffy, a little more up and down. Which was expected, but I also thought he'd have still a better floor than I've seen from him recently. And Matt Stafford's a really good fucking quarterback. Like yeah. really, 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 really good. As far as anticipation and be able to deliver throws on time accurately like that is incredibly valuable and even though he's old and can't move like he used to like he can still do that oh, he, he slings it still. he slings the fucking rock and that is the number one you know uh benefactor for rookie wide receivers is a quarterback that can put the ball in the money again and again and again over and over and over again and we saw that last week with Matt Stafford out who's probably going to be out again uh you know, with a normal guy playing quarterback and Brett Rippon, <laughs> this entire offense struggled, even against a defense who's not been good in the Green Bay Packers. So, well, luckily, I mean, the the Rams are on bye this week, so they actually they hope they expect Matthew Stafford back after the bye um, against Seattle. So, um, honestly, for Puka and Cooper owners or managers, you you want that in the worst way possible. Oh, for sure. All right, um, Tajay Spears. We already talked about him a little bit. Should be rostered in most leagues. You know, I feel like we've talked about him every fucking week on waivers. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason, like his ownership is just not coming up. I don't know why. Yeah, it's it's gonna plateau here until something happens to Derrick Henry. That's what's gonna happen, and then when that happens, he's gonna be the number one waiver ad. Um, you know, this Tennessee team. Will Levis is going to be the starter from here on out. They're not shooting for the playoffs. So we could see Derrick Henry, you know, uh, not available towards the end of the kind of fantasy season and going into the championship and the playoffs. And where Tajay Spears could really become a super valuable asset for your team. If this Tennessee team, you know, offense is just seeing what they have and the guys that they have, uh, those young guys in Will Lewis and Tajay Spears, uh, you know, let, uh, let the long lost receiver of, uh, what's his name? DeAndre Hopkins. No, the young, young buck. Oh, uh, in, uh, Kenya. No, dude. The young oh, the guy that was supposed to Tra- replace Traylon Burks. Yeah, let there's, those guys go out there and like prove their worth, right? 
that's what I could see happening. Honestly, Nick Westbrook and Kenya I like more than Traylon Burks. <laughs> right. I mean, and, well, that's what I'm saying is like at the end of the the season, let's let our young guys go out there and see who's a guy and who's not. And that's so fair. I could see Tajay Spears being much more involved in like the fantasy playoffs and the fantasy championship uh, season just because of that aspect. Because they're not playing for anything anymore. Right. You know, I would agree with you with that. The only thing that I would say that I don't see that happening is because it's Mike Vrabel. Yeah. That could be. <laughs> I mean, and he's just like, I mean, he's taking, honestly, like in he, the Titans have gone to the playoffs, like I think every year he's been a coach. This year might be the first time that doesn't happen. But he's always gotten so much more out of his team than what the talent on paper looks like. Um, and and it's a tough, he just his guys always raise up. You know, they, they rise up to, to play extremely tough and win games. And that's the only reason why I would say no. He's never going to give up on the season. And so as much as that makes sense for lesser teams, and sure, you know, ownership and management might want them to be like, hey, play the young guys. It's okay if we lose. We get a better draft slot. He's going to be like, no. Like, I don't do that. My team doesn't do that. And that's where I would, you know, throw out some hesitation. Yeah. Um... All right, let's move on. Uh, I agree with you there. Antonio Gibson. Um, <laughs> God, how much longer are we gonna? Like, are we gonna keep going down this this road? He was slightly more involved this week. But Brian Robinson had actually had a decent game. Damn, he had a decent game. Yeah, he had eighty yards and a touchdown on the ground. I believe. I mean. Nothing changes for for me for Antonio Gibson. You're not going to be able to start him confidently ever. He's a desperation play. I'm done, dude. I'm I'm done <laughs> with the Washington Commanders outside of like Terry McLaurin and maybe Jahan Dotson now that he's finally coming around. Outside of those two guys, I don't want anything to do with any Washington Commanders in my starting lineup. I'm totally with you on that, honestly. And I think the reason Antonio Gibson keeps popping up on these lists and remains somewhat relevant when waivers come up pretty much every single week that we He's talk a desperation about play. Someone, I guess, you could plug in and hope for eight fantasy points. Well, uh, I think it's because of the fact that he still remains to get the most targets out of the backfield. And that will always make you someone who is on people's radar. Yeah. Even though it is the commander's. But he's, you know, in the last, what, four weeks, he's gotten, well, I guess it's kind of bad. In the last five weeks, let me reach back a little bit further, <laughs> uh, he's had 18 targets, 19 targets, which isn't a lot. But, you know, in the last two weeks, he's had five targets and caught all 10 of them. The crazy 10 thing, targets and caught all 10 of those targets. The crazy thing about, even though I know you're, and I, I, I feel you when it comes to, like, not starting Brian Robinson, but he's still the number nine back on the season. And in what list? In sleeper, he's the number nine overall back on the season. Brian Robinson is. Oh, I thought you were talking about Antonio. So, Sorry, no, no, I wasn't no. listening. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're talking about like you'd only start Terry McLaurin. I or, thought you were talking about or Jahan Dotson as he's coming on. But I mean, oh sure, okay. And if you it. look at it, it's not like Brian's having a great year. He's he has one big game, twenty seven points. But outside of that, his high on the season is thirteen points. And but because he's 
relatively consistent compared to a lot of backs. He is a top 10 running back. There's a floor there, yeah. And I was going to counter with the floor. The, the, his worst game, 6.3 points, which honestly, it sounds horrible, but you know, running backs this year, if your worst game this year is 6.3 points and you're hovering around double-digit points every single week, you're that guy. You're going to get <laughs> no, it. sounds like, terrible. He's a volume play, safe floor, uh, not a not a incredibly high ceiling, but he's a solid, you know, RB2, RB3 that you plug in and you know you're getting a, a solid 8 to to 11, maybe 12 fantasy points week in and week out and it's a safe floor. Yeah, but the thing is like you said, like safe floor, but he's not an RB2 or RB3, he's an RB1. Based right. off the stats so far this season, yeah, that's what's mm-hmm. insane. And we've played enough games so far to the season that that the outbreak game and back in week two of twenty seven points isn't enough to bolster that ranking any longer, right? Like it averages out over over time. So the fact that even though he's, yeah, like it's a solid floor, not a good ceiling, it's still enough production to yeah. be somebody who should be in your roster every week. Which I don't like saying either. I'm, I'll be honest. Like, yeah, that's I have, gross. You're disgusting me right now. <laughs> like I like I'm looking at it. And it's in our main. It's our in our home league, and I have him. And I don't think I've. I think I played him maybe one week all season, and maybe I should look into playing him more, just because it's a little more consistent than some other guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just does. He doesn't have that shiny like could win you a week right upside. Like he, maybe, but just not. The chances are very slim for that happening. I mean, if you're one of them risk takers, but if you don't have a solid running back core, I'm, I'm taking the ten points Brian Robinson's going to give me for sure, and hoping the rest of my team is going to perform. And I've been a huge proponent of this for like years. If someone's getting double digit points for me, they're they're probably going to go in my starting lineup. Because let's just say in theory you got twelve people on your team, you get ten points out of each one of them. That's a hundred twenty point game. You're in a good fucking point to win a fantasy game with That's 120 true. points. So it, it's a good floor to like look at people with. It's like, okay, are they going to score me at least 10 fucking points? And Brian Robinson most likely will. Um, a guy we'll bring up real quick is Zay Jones. There's been some reports coming out uh, today that you know he was kind of expected to come back, but it's not looking good now in week 10 for his return. Uh, according to Michael DiRocco, uh, Jones is still a ways away from returning. Um, even a uh, stint on injured reserve on the IR list is not out of the question. Uh, so for those that were hoping for Zay Jones' return um, soon, it might not be happening. And so if you're looking to add him on waivers this week, uh, he might not be playing again for a little while, but yeah, it's. I mean, if they put him back on IR, or they put him on the IR, that's pretty scary because I mean, it's a minimum of four weeks out, right? And so that's pretty much the rest of the fantasy season, uh, which sucks. Um, Leonard Fournette didn't play at all in week nine, but is on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, we saw them struggle to run the ball at all. Um, I mean, it's not that surprising he didn't play week nine. He had been with the team for only a few days. Yeah. Um, clearly not in shape. It is going to be interesting to see how this plays out, though. Um, one of the main proponents of bringing him in is the, R- the running backs coach in Buffalo used to be in Tampa. 
and sp- speaks highly about Leonard Fournette, and rightfully so. They just say he's, you know, extremely diligent and um, looks all the yeah. small things when it comes to game plans. He's he's good in the run. He's good in pass blocking. He's good as a catcher, as a receiver out of the backfield. I mean, it's kind of crazy it took him this long to honestly get onto a team this year because in his six years in the league, he's had four top fi- 15 running back finishes. I mean, it's just a guy. He's not like he's old. He's not like he's 31, 32. He's 28. He's not, he's still got a couple years left in him to have solid production. And I wouldn't be totally surprised if they start to lean on him as the season goes along. Uh, I'm right there with you. If, you. if you're still, you know, relying on James Cook, you you need to pivot and pivot quickly because I think that's where the tide is turning. I think we're going to see a lot more Leonard Fournette. Uh, probably, I mean, he legitimately could take over the number one back role in I this mean, offense. He's playoff Lenny, right? They like, obviously, they don't trust James Cook in, in passing, uh, pass blocking situations. They keep bringing in Murray for those situations. They don't trust James Cook um, at the goal line or in the red zone. Uh, you know, for for James Cook, just six rushing attempts last week, uh, only twenty yards. Uh, had four targets to the air, caught all four, just for nineteen receiving yards. Uh, you know, it's been two pretty pretty pedestrian weeks in a row now for James Cook. Uh, I, you got to get off that train. Uh, I don't think he's startable. Um, you know, we talked about it last week, not being startable. He finished with uh, just under six fantasy points. I think it's where we're heading, and I think you're going to see a, a, a shit ton of Leonard Fournette uh, moving forward as he learns uh, the playbook. So I would roster Leonard Fournette um, if he's still available in your in your leagues. Anything different? Than that, no, I totally agree with everything you guys say. I was uh, looking a little bit more into someone I want to bring up before we wrap this up. If you have anyone else we're trying to talk about, uh, who are you trying to who are you trying to bring up? That'd be uh, old Baker Mayfield. Oh, a little streaming option at the quarterback position. Yes, sir. Um, according to Fantasy Pros, rostered in forty six percent of leagues. In the last four games that he has played or five games he has played, he has finished top 11 in four of those games. A little bit of a rough start to the year, but he's been doing pretty damn good and has been a starting quarterback in four of those five weeks. No, I agree with you. In one league where I have uh, Justin Fields, uh, since his injury, I've, uh, you know, I picked up Baker Mayfield. and honestly have been playing him pretty much every single week, and it's paid off most weeks. Last three weeks, he has not been below 11. Yep. So I love that as a streaming play. They play Tennessee next week, a team that's pretty tough to run the ball against. Um, You know, Mike Evans, I believe everyone's healthy again now. Yep. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, so should have the full allotment. I I know Baker was dealing with an injury as well, but he's going to play no matter what. So... Yeah, I mean, you fire him up again uh, in week 10 for sure. Week 11, you got to think about it. They're playing the Niners. Uh, But then they get Indianapolis, Carolina, Atlanta, Green Bay, Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in week 16. 
So there's some some good games along the schedule here for Baker. If you're just trying to figure out your quarterback position and you have other plays, he is a good fill-in for sure. Yeah. Honestly, the Titans are kind of a weird defense when it comes to fantasy points allowed. They're for, I don't know how this can possibly correlate, really. Um, the Titans are the seventh-best team against quarterbacks, only 14.8 points per game, but they're the eighth-worst against receivers at 30.6, which is super confusing when it comes to the quarterback has to get the receiver the ball. So how does that work? The I have no idea. Wide receivers are scoring touchdowns, and but they're not getting interceptions as a defense. That's like, an interesting one. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how that goes. I, I have to dive deeper into it in terms of maybe it's touchdown production that's just uh, skewed, and that's why receivers are have are scoring so many points. But uh, yeah, kind of a weird conundrum there. Hmm. Interesting. Um. All right. Well, anyone else we want to bring up? No. Not necessarily, no. If you're like me and you're a Raiders fan, you're looking at Aiden O'Connell, I'll just say that real quick. Uh, don't. <laughs> just wait. He's only thrown one, or one touchdown Will this Levis year. or Aiden O'Connell? Oh, Will, Will Levis. Levis. Yeah, Will Levis for sure. The f- the ceiling with Will Levis is, is high. Yeah. They play uh, Tampa Bay next week, uh, then Jacksonville, then Carolina, then the Colts. So some good weeks. Up ahead for Will Levis. Um. I will say this about him, though. Um, we see this all the time. So his first game in, there's really no film on him. Throws four touchdowns. Right. Next game, he plays Pittsburgh. We talked about that. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, at this point, maybe it was like that one-off game where you come in and no one really knows about you and you kill it. But uh, like Ty said, very high ceiling. So I would temper expectations. Four touchdown games probably not going to happen again this year, but um, I like he what I've seen so far. He hasn't shown a ton with his legs yet, and we all know he can run the ball. He ran the ball a lot at Kentucky. I will say, you know, I think Trey's right on the money. Uh, the book's kind of out on Will Levis, but he does have natural kind of ability to just flick the ball, and it goes really fucking far. <laughs> um, you know, that is honestly just god-given ability that's there's really no other way to describe that so obviously you know you gotta work hard and work out blah 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 but no that was all that was all jesus dude but no i mean for most part yeah uh you know jesus threw those four touchdowns to be able to throw those balls you gotta have jesus on your side um and so you know Will Jezzes. Keep eating them banana <laughs> peels, kids. One day. He, he just dropped back every time. He's like, WWJD? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw him in the huddle, but he does that weird cross thing, and then he like does a Hail Mary without throwing a Hail Mary. Please catch this, DeAndre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that'll do it for the Wave of Wire for Week 10. So appreciate y'all listening. Uh, we will catch you all later in the week for our starts and sits of week 10. Um, so hit us up at the FF fathers. If you have any questions, uh, particular to your waiver wire situation, who you should add, drop, um, et cetera. And we'd be happy to answer that for you guys on either Twitter X or Instagram. Uh, that is at the FF fathers. Uh, appreciate y'all listening and we will catch y'all on the next beer crack.
Bye. <laughs>